My name is Nicholas Haskins, and I'd like a moment of your time to tell you about the 5th Annual Livestream for the Cure. To do that, I brought along two people whom I couldn't do this event without, Gerald Morris and Dan Brennick. Over the past four years, the Livestream for the Cure has raised over $30,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. That contribution is helping to fund research into cancer immunotherapy, training the body's immune system to fight all forms of cancer. This year, we're aiming for our biggest goal yet as we try to raise $15,000 in 50 hours on the air. Tune in May 19th through the 23rd as we're joined live by podcasters and content creators from around the world. With your help, we can continue the fight for a future immune to cancer. Together, we can make a difference. Warning. The following podcast contains mature content. Listener discretion is advised. I thought of a segment that I'd start including in the jury room aftermath episodes. Before we get to the episode, I'd like to read you a poem. Now, for anybody out there who writes poetry or has a good poem suggestion, find me on social media, send me an email, juryroompodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to feature your work. All the credit. Where I found this poem will be in the show notes down below. This poem I found on Instagram from the account The Aesthetic Thoughts. And the name of this poem is Ruthless Heart. The devils have a ruthless heart. They have grown up with fire of rage, burning the lives of innocent souls, locking their smiles in a rusty cage. Devils don't hear their screams and cries. They don't see the pain in those burning eyes. Even the flood of tears and blood didn't douse the fire of their wrath. They wounded many innocent hearts. They destroyed homes, lives, and families. They killed many smiles for their own prejudice and peace. They have killed humanity and love. They will get what they truly deserve. They will feel the pain when their own souls will bleed. They will pay for this deadly and ruthless deed. Sana Atar Miza. Hi, this is Karen from the Chicklet Podcast, and I am here to uh, just give a couple thoughts on the Casey Anthony case. Wow, I, this case was something that was a huge part of my, um, my life for a while, um, I think as it was for a lot of people. It was one of those cases that really just captivated America or the U.S. for quite some time. Um, it reminds me a lot of the uh, Natalie Holloway case or the Lacey Peterson case. Um, it was just in the tabloids, on the front cover of People magazine, like every other day um, for so long. And the trial was actually happening when I was finishing up my last semester of high school. Um, so that's something that really clearly sticks in my mind. I remember everybody was talking about it, talking about the crazy defense and um, the fact that she did not get convicted. And I just remember... 
I don't think I watched the Nancy Grace stuff. I don't think I really read about it that much, but it was just so in my face um, at that time. And so fast forward a couple of years ago, I actually watched um, a documentary on it on Hulu. And I just really, I had no idea how many inconsistencies there were in Casey's story. And it just, it breaks my heart because, you know, I'm not here to make assumptions. I'm not here to judge, but it really does seem like if she didn't do it, she knows what happened. She must know something. And Casey strikes me as a very mentally ill person. And that is something that I can absolutely empathize with. But you know, at the end of the day, something bad happened to her daughter and there was a lot of time wasted and there was a lot of changing stories and, and doing different things. And, and it just, it makes me sad because Casey's parents are never going to get closure. The people who knew Kaylee are, are never really going to get closure because nobody really knows what happened except maybe Casey. Unfortunately, I hate to say that, but you know, she may she may know she may know something. Um, it certainly seems like she should know something. The trial was so public, and the prosecution seeking the death penalty. I mean, without even having a body, really, as Kevin put it, you know, it puts so much pressure on the jury, especially in Florida, because Florida's, you know, uh, pretty pretty fast and loose with the death penalty. I, you know, I don't really know that for sure, but it just seems like a huge mistake. And I I completely understand that like a little girl was murdered and a little girl had disappeared. And it's really seemed like the mother had something to do with it. But man, I just feel like they did not think it through and they did not do what they needed to do in that moment. And, And I really wonder sometimes... I wonder at how the justice system produced this outcome. Um, I recently read an article with Casey. I think they were kind of catching up with Casey back in 2017, which it had almost been about nine years since Kaylee disappeared. And she just seems so happy-go-lucky. And it, it just, it really makes me think. It really makes me think about it and and wonder what really happened. She seems so flippant about it. You know, she said something about, I don't give a shit what people think about me. And I'm I'm like, you should, though, (laughs) especially if you weren't convicted. You should give. You should give a shit. But yeah, so those are my thoughts. It it really it really was just such an all consuming media circus for that, that those three years, that amount of time. Um, and it, it's something that really stuck with me because it happened at such a formative time in my life. So yeah, thank you so much for letting me give my thoughts. I have a couple of missing person cases that I would like to talk about today. The first one, there's not a whole lot of information on. It comes out of Santa Fe, New Mexico. Her name is Gabriela Santana. She was last seen on June 19th, 2019. And if you have any information regarding the whereabouts of her, please contact the Santa Fe Police Department at 
428-3710. Gabriella was born on May 30th, 1979. She's five foot five. She weighs 180 pounds. She has brown hair, brown eyes, and she has a neck tattoo. You're encouraged to contact the New Mexico Department of Public Safety, the Missing Person Hotline, at 1-800-457-3463. That's Gabriela Santana. Make sure that if you have any information on this, to please reach out to the authorities. Now, the second missing person case I have comes out of Olympia, Washington. Her name is Justine Ivy Pilat. Her date of birth is 12-25-2000. She was last seen on April 27th, 2021 at 1210 a.m. at a Safeway in Tumwater, Washington with Andrew Cody Brown. The last text was definitely sent from her on 5-6-21. The last known location of her phone was on 5-9 from the Big Five in Lacey, Washington. Her Ford Flex is parked at the Days Inn in Lacey, Washington on 5-6-21 and has not moved since. This has been reported to the police, but they are unable to file a missing persons report due to the fact that she has a transient lifestyle. Please contact her parents. You have Ed at 253-722-3720. Or Shannon at 253-278-3751 if any type of contact is made with her. Also, if you do see her, please ask her to call home. Let's help her parents get some answers. And that's another subject in itself that I'd like to cover at some point. But just the mere fact that they can't make a missing persons report because of her quote-unquote transient lifestyle, it's a shame. You're wasting precious hours not searching for this girl because you think her life doesn't matter because she's homeless or because she's a transient. In my opinion, that's bullshit, and it shouldn't happen. The police need to do a better job about this. Again, Justine Ivy Palat. Gabriella Santana, they're missing. Let's help bring them home. Hey, this is Kate from Ignorance Was Bliss. The Casey Anthony case kills me and yet also is not as mysterious to me as it seems to be for a lot of people. So it kills me, obviously, because there's a dead child involved. Also because of the sheer abandonment with which Casey lies left, right, and center about big things and small things, and not just to other people. She's lying to herself as well. She's getting tattoos, and she's dancing and partying and that's not something someone does if they're afraid of getting caught. And she did about the worst thing that a human can do by killing her own child. So a rational human being would have been afraid of getting caught. She wasn't. 
she wasn't on the run. She wasn't hiding. And so there's something inherently not right within her brain and within her psyche from the jump. And it only got worse as time passed and then as the trial went on to the point where I feel for those jurors because they can't have been happy with the choices they were given and the decision that they made entirely. But sitting on a jury means trying to dig out the truth. And it was really difficult to parse out what is true and what is not true and what is kind of true and what is not remotely true. And just a lot. There was a lot in that case that would have been difficult for anybody. The reason that it doesn't baffle me is because I've worked in a prison and I've also worked in psychiatric facilities where people do choose violence or lies over the fear of getting caught or the responsibilities of daily life. And a mother allegedly <laughs> killing her own child is actually like the child is in more danger from the mother than from anyone else because kids are born with their fingers perfectly positioned and shaped to press their mother's buttons. It's because the kid knows or believes at least that they can show mom their worst possible behavior and mom will still love them. And it's because mom feels demanded and responsible for keeping this child alive and growing healthy and all of the things that even if you don't inherently believe you're supposed to do, such as in the case of mothers who kill, they clearly don't prioritize that, but they're told that through society. They want to look like a good mother. And there is this weird dichotomy that moms are faced with of trying to be a cool mom and talking about how horrible their kids are and, you know, just we want them all to go away and, and that sort of thing. And I'm guilty of it myself. I have four children and I say sometimes that's way too many. Don't do that. But what I mean is it's a lot of chaos and a lot of work. Trying to meet the standards of society and failing is the most frustrating and difficult thing. I can't say that that's what Casey's issue is, but it felt like it at times that she was trying to be this cool mom with less emphasis on mom. The main thing for me, though, that the most important thing is the number of people who forget the baby's name. Kaylee Marie. She had a name and she mattered. And I really wish there was more that anyone could tell of her story. She didn't live long enough to get a whole story for herself. I just wanted to take the time to thank the podcasters that lended me their thoughts and their voice to contribute to this final episode on the Casey Anthony series. Make sure you go and check them out. Listen to their podcast. All their links will be included in the show notes down below. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, turn on all notifications for everything the Jury Room Podcast. Now this is the time where I want to take a special moment and shout out my Patreons. I would like to thank Jolene from the It Goes Down in the PM Podcast, 
and Maggie from the Have You Seen It podcast for supporting The Jury Room. Thank you so much for the support. Don't forget to check out the show notes. I will include links for the missing person cases, for the poem that I read. Don't forget to get your submissions in for your poem. Stickers. Don't forget stickers. I will have a link below. Sign up. I will gladly send you some. I have some more coming. I'll get them out to you. I just sent out some more. Thank you for everyone who supports the Jury Room podcast. Now for a trailer for an upcoming episode of the Jury Room podcast. Stay safe and thanks for listening. I thought this is impossible. This is impossible. This is a nightmare. This can't be true. It's not fair. It's not fair. When a 20-year-old Seattle native headed to Italy for an adventurous year abroad, she never expected to find her roommate dead in her bedroom with her throat slashed just a month into her stay. She also never expected to be found guilty of her murder. The next episode of The Jury Room is all about Amanda Knox and Meredith Kircher. Is Amanda really innocent? Or is she a cold-blooded killer? Hello, and welcome to The Jury Room, where we dissect some of the most heinous, some of the most unthinkable, and some of the most monstrous crimes to ever scar the earth. From cannibalistic serial killers to decades-old unsolved mysteries, these stories are sinister enough to keep you up at night. Welcome back to another episode of the Jury Room Podcast, Aftermath. Today, I'm excited because I have Lacey on from the We Are All Screwed podcast. Lacey, say hi. Hi, thanks for having me on. I'm glad to have you. Why don't you introduce yourself, tell the listeners where they can find you at, and all that good stuff. So, my name is Lacey. I host We're All Screwed with two other of my really good friends, Anika and Crystal. We try to cover stories that are lesser known, so I'm actually really excited to get to talk about this case because it's not one I would usually get to talk about. Um, we really try to focus on victim advocacy and talking with victims' families, trying to get their stories out there and make sure their voices are heard. We throw in, of course, a couple conspiracies and paranormal stories every now and then and just kind of whatever, whatever we're feeling at the time. What's the craziest case you've covered so far? Um, pro- the craziest, I guess, would have to be Catherine Knight. She was um, the first female killer in Australia to be convicted of life in prison. And she was just absolutely insane. She cooked her boyfriend for his kids to eat 
Oh. Um, yeah, and like laid him out after he was cooked in like a pot roast style meal and like skinned him and she was just bonkers that yeah that sounds like a very non-appetizing kind of stew in my opinion yeah definitely luckily um she didn't like hide his body she hung him from a hook in the living room so they obviously didn't eat him thank god because i couldn't i couldn't imagine that kind of trauma and the most that's disgusting it's that the like i don't i don't know in my opinion i don't know how people eat other people but i mean more power to them i guess i don't either that's why i have tattoos because cannibals say people with tattoos don't taste good (laughs) (laughs) i mean well then i guess we're i guess i'm safe too so (laughs) no cannibals for me yep not we won't be appetizing so <laughs> so as like you said you don't get to cover many cases like this for the listeners if you haven't caught up we're on this will be the second aftermath episode to casey anthony so this will be the final thank god the final episode on this woman i'm so over her and her bullshit <laughs> um although it does make me sad that Haley Anthony ended up the way that she did. That little girl deserved so much more. Such a, you know, a bright star diminished way too soon. Yeah, she, I mean, she is just the most precious little girl. And that whole family, in my opinion, did her so wrong. They, she deserved way better than every single one of them. I agree 1000%. And, you know, the going through Casey's life, the, you know, the beginning parts, mm-hmm. you know, then, then the lead up to the trial, you just realize like that little girl, honestly, in my opinion, didn't have a fighting chance. And, and her mother, her grandmother, and, you know, like you said, just pretty much the whole family just, just let her down from the very beginning. Absolutely. What, um, you know, what was your take? Do you remember when, you know, when the trial was going on and all that? What was your take when the, the verdict was read and all that? Um, Actually, I was in high school and I was already obsessed with everything that had to do with crime. But her case was the one that got me to the point I'm at today where I'm just... Like, that's all I think about. I'm super focused on it. And at the time, I don't know if it was because I was so young or, I mean, I don't, I can't say that I feel differently today, but I remember when they read the verdict and I was like, how ignorant do you have to be to say she was not guilty? Just, I I was in shock. Like, I could not believe that anybody could listen to everything that was presented and just think she didn't do it. Well, one of the things, cause I was in 2008, so I was already out of high school, but one of the things that I've, it's always stuck with me is that, and I thought it then, and I still think it now is that I think the prosecution went too hard 
Absolutely. you know, instead of going for first degree murder, you know, maybe go for a lesser charge and then, you know, somewhere down the road, try to up the charge. Mm-hmm. Um, because first degree murder, you know, implies, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Premeditation, Premeditation basically, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, and so, and then asking for the death penalty is, you know, you have to prove that beyond a reasonable doubt, you know, and there was a lot of doubt that she was involved. So there's no way that you could ask a jury, you know, to convict her of premeditation plus, you know, asking for the death penalty all at the same time. Yeah. And one thing I learned later on, it took a while for the jurors to speak out, but I remember when one of them did and she said we were all sick to our stomachs saying not guilty but it was easier for us to believe the defense's story that she drowned in the pool because the prosecution couldn't tell us a cause of death or anything like that so it was it was more reasonable for us to say maybe it was an accident we know she we all thought she had something to do with it but we couldn't prove that she actually did it or they the prosecution didn't prove that she actually did it right and that's part of it you know is that now you know even now we have to say that you know casey anthony is not a convicted murderer you know Mm -hmm. she was she had her day in court and she was found not guilty by a jury of her peers and she got a fair trial and that's part of you know in my opinion what's wrong with our legal system it's it's not necessarily about evidence and about i mean it is to a certain degree but it's also about a show i mean if you go back over you know countless years there's a lot of people who committed the crime who are found not guilty because you know they couldn't prove their case even though there was evidence yeah and i it makes me wonder with the media how it is today just the different climate it makes me wonder how different the case would have been because the legal system hasn't changed much even though it should and I feel like the outrage in the media would have played a bigger impact today than it did then. Right. And I don't mean to sound like this sounds, I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that either uh, Uh because I think that creates a lot more problems because then you get into a situation of, an innocent person potentially being guilty, you know, being found guilty because of the pressure of the outside world. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's, I guess that's kind of what I was getting at. The, everything is so much more spotlighted now that it just like they would have convicted her before she even had a chance. Right now. And, and that's the beautiful part, you know, kind of the beautiful part about being you know in in a legal system like that we have is technically everybody gets their day in court and so it's hard you know 
I know it's hard for me, you know, to stomach the fact that she was found not guilty, but the reality of it is, is that she had her day in court and she was found not guilty. Now, whether she did it or not, I mean, I honestly, I genuinely think she did do it or she at least had something to do with it. Do I think she like necessarily like killed her, killed her? No, but I think it was definitely negligent. And now for a quick word from Dr. Stacy Hughes over at the Oklahoma Side Podcast. Kevin, thank you so much for your excellent coverage of the Casey Anthony case. I thought I really knew most of what this case involved, but I really didn't. There were several things that you mentioned throughout your coverage that really stood out to me. Firstly, as a mother, I understand Cindy's desire to protect Casey but at some point, you have to stop living in denial. I think that Cindy really, by always giving Casey the benefit of the doubt, enabled Casey to become who she became and really enabled her response to Kaylee's disappearance. Casey was able to just lie over and over with little hesitation, if any, and really seeming to not care what the circumstances or consequences of those actions and those lies would be. Another thing that really stood out to me was the nickname Zanny the Nanny. I think that is obviously a reference to Xanax being used to sedate Kaylee so Casey could live whatever lifestyle she wanted to live. Now, whether or not Kaylee died as a result of Xanax and it was accidental. I have no idea. But one piece of evidence that I think is more damning than anything is the duct tape. I don't think no matter what way you tell the story, can you explain the duct tape landing directly on where Kaylee's mouth was? I think that is just too big of a coincidence, which does make me lean towards the possibility of first-degree murder. Now, is there enough evidence for first-degree murder? Obviously, the jury didn't think so. The courts didn't think so. So I think that, you know, in the discussion of should they have presented different verdicts as possibilities, guilty of first degree, second degree, manslaughter, I think that would have landed Casey in jail. And now, back to the show. Yeah, and the defense, I mean, they're they're there to pretty much poke holes in what the prosecution is saying. And her attorneys showed up, and that's what they did. And they put reasonable doubt in the jurors' minds. And that's really what you have to do to reach a not guilty verdict. And, I mean, they showed up and did their jobs. Right. Do you think that... Her family potentially had some kind of involvement in it. I know there's a lot of speculation that her dad was involved, but I honestly think him being a cop for so long, and this is going to sound awful and I know it, but I think if he would have been involved, it would have been carried out a lot more professionally. Like, he would have known what to do to get away with it, how to make it where she wasn't found at all. 
I've always kind of wondered if her mom had something to do with it just because she was kind of the overruler of the family. I mean, she had her hand pretty much everywhere. If they didn't play a part in the actual murder, they definitely, or the death, I guess I should say, they definitely contributed just to her behavior and how how they raised her. Right. And, you know, I feel like she had never had really had consequences for her actions, you know, to where she could lie and her parents would just accept it, even though they knew she was lying. Yeah. And making excuses for your kids does them no good. Zero. And that's something that I think, you know, a lot of parents are trying to, you know, shield their kids but in in the reality of it is is that's not the way that the world is and you have to have consequences for your actions otherwise what are you yeah absolutely it's like i mean having kids and talking to like their teachers they have people coming up and being like you failed them for this and that and it's like no you have to make your kids take responsibility they chose to do this or that. So that's why they're having an issue. Right. And I don't, you know, and that's, uh, that's, you bring up a valid point is how is it the teacher's fault? The teacher is doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're doing their job. The kid has a job. Now they're not getting paid for it, but their, you know, their pay is their education. And, but yet somehow it's somebody else's fault. Yeah. And I mean, it's, that's where it starts. You have to make your kids own their mistakes. If my kids make a mistake, they have to own it. Um, they, they have to face the consequences because one day they're going to be adults and have to function, and I'm not going to be there to hold their hand. And hope hope to God or whatever is out there that, they turn into decent human beings. Right. Now as a mother, have I mean, could you even imagine or seeing like a friend of yours or something get themselves involved in a situation like this? I really couldn't. And I don't know if it's my true crime brain or just how I'm wired, but I feel like there was a lot, I mean, there was always a lot of excuses for her. They always had something to cover up what she was doing or why she was doing badly. And I don't think I could do that. I don't, I don't think I could just cover up for my kids. I think I would have to stand up and say something. I mean, how, I I don't know, am I like, and especially with, and it's not just her parents either. It's like everybody in her life Mm -hmm. made excuses from her, even, you know, significant others, boyfriends and such, even they lie, you know, they were lying for her. Her personality to me is so manipulative. She probably puts on a really good front and whatever she says, you just believe it. Like, it's just uh, the way she presents herself. 
as a victim almost, it makes you want to believe her. Right. And I think that is, you know, definitely a learned behavior. And I think some of that comes from the way her father acted and the way that her mother was so domineering. Definitely. Uh, her mom, just having her hand and everything, um, pretty much molding her to be what she wanted her to be. And she was like that with her, with Casey's dad too, um, making him quit his job and kind of just telling him what he was going to do. And it was her way or no way. So they were all kind of playing into the world she wanted to live and her perfect ideal of a family. Right. And then I don't know if you've seen any of the videos, I think, uh, but her Casey Anthony's lawyer is disgusting. Have you watched any of the videos on him? Yeah, he's awful. Um, Did you know, I had no idea somebody had told me this, but he actually defended Aaron Hernandez in one of his murder trials and got him acquitted of a double murder. Yes. That yeah. is insane. Yeah. Um, and she, I think at one point I heard that she had paid him uh, sexually. And it doesn't surprise me at all just with watching him and how he is. I don't know how anybody in good faith can defend someone like that, but I understand it's their job. He was made for that role, though, because he's so sleazy. <laughs> he reminds me of um, Better Call Saul. Like, he would be one of those Bill Yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about that show. <laughs> Which reminds me, I totally endorse Better Call Saul. If anybody out there watches it, it's or doesn't watch it, it's a good show. Or it Breaking is. Bad, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing. But now, yeah, he reminds me of one of those, you know, five, 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 yeah. blah, lawyer like kind of people. <laughs> Ambulance chasers. Right. Yep. Were you involved in an accident? <laughs> yes. Please call me. <laughs> right. I can put a million dollars in your pocket <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> JG Wentworth. Hey, so and so and cash now. <laughs> oh god. Uh, we're I think we're aging ourselves a little bit. Oh, maybe a little. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um anyways, as that random tangent goes to nowhere. Um but yeah, Jose Bay ba uh Bay Jose Baez is complete garbage and you know, he, but like you said, he did his job and uh, I don't know, man, this case just, it gets under my skin. She gets under my skin and it's just, it's hard to believe that even in 2008 with all of the advanced technology that there wasn't a way for them to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that she did it. I think the duct tape on her mouth would have sealed it for me in my mind. Um I know they had, a, you know, a reason or excuses. It was supposedly on the bag, and that's how it got stuck to her. I feel like that would have sealed it in my mind. That does kind of seal it in my mind that it was attached to her. 
And it really, one thing that really, really bugs me is the first time he called, uh, the guy that found her called, they went and kind of searched the area, but they didn't look very good and they could have found her earlier. Right. And, and my I whole thing on that is, is why didn't they do a better job at searching? Yeah. I, that's really always bugged me. Like, why did they just kind of scan the area <clears throat> and then dismiss it rather than actually searching? And I, I don't know. I will never know if it would have made a big difference if they would have been able to find something different. But it's possible that if they would have found her the first time, maybe they could have found something else. Just maybe. Well, right. Well, I'm thinking that if they would have found her, like you said, the first time, it's potentially, you know, that they could have done a toxicology report on her at that point. Yeah. Or found fingerprints or something. Just, I don't know, something. Right, because in, in Florida, I mean, the weather is so, you know, hot and humid that it everything just deteriorates, you know, at a more rapid pace being out in the elements. Absolutely. And that spot, the spot she was found was kind of a spot for water, right, if I'm remembering mm -hmm. correctly? Mm -hmm. So, and it's it's completely possible that if they would have found her the first time, it would have already been too late. But it's just something we'll never know and always wonder. Right. And what about, you know, what about this this poor woman who gets dragged in, you know, to Casey's bullshit and her lie, you know, about her daughter being with a nanny, you know, with Zanny the nanny. I mean, and then there just happens to be a woman with that name that she just pulls out of thin air. That's absolutely insane to me and I feel so much for that woman because I cannot imagine the shit she's been through oh because I'm sure the hate the internet warriors are real and intense and right. I that's some really really shitty look to have <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, that's really bad <laughs> Right. And that's, you know, that sorry, poor, I cuss a lot. <laughs> no, no, you're good. The, the, the cancel culture before it was the cancel culture, you know, that we call it today was real then. And it, it's still as real as it is now. But the problem is, is that, you know, the court of public opinion at that point was get this woman and burn her at the stake. And, yeah. you know, and so she had to fight off, you know, basically the entire world. You know, and be like, hey, fuckers, it wasn't even me. Like, I had nothing yeah. to do with this shit. Yeah, and that's a really unfortunate name to have because how how manipulative she was, you know she just pulled it out of thin air. It'd be like me looking over to my side and being like, oh, my, my can, my neighbor can, like... <laughs> Right. How, you know, but Casey also had, she was, I don't think, I think she knew what kind of liar she was and how she could, like you said, very manipulative, right? So she probably pulled literally 
the craziest name. She probably found it somewhere on the internet at that time or something and was like, oh, nobody's going to search for this. Nobody's going to search for this name. They're going to believe me. This sounds so crazy that no one's going to question it. Yeah. You know, it's like her, you know, it's like the investigators realizing that she's lying about working, you know, as a event manager at Universal Studios, but it still makes her take them to her office. And she literally goes on some wild, you know, goose chase, so to speak, takes them and walks them into a dead end wall and says, okay, just kidding. I'm lying. Yeah. And she was so confident in that lie. Like she, she wanted them to believe it until the very last second she could. And she played it out until she was literally at a dead end and couldn't go anywhere else. If she would have been lucky enough to actually lead them somewhere, who knows what would have happened. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, well, just the mere fact that she's walking around this office, waving at people saying, hi, Oh my yeah. God. Blah, you know? Yeah. And the cops are like, we know you're full of shit woman, but keep going. It's fine. And she just literally is like until the very last second says, fuck, I'm caught. Okay. This is yeah. the truth. And but then, it's like, and then is that the truth? And then taking on, to the apartment where Zanny the nanny supposedly lived, like, you know, you have to know that you're going to get there and you're going to be caught. I don't understand how somebody can be so confident in their own lie that they can carry it out to that extent. I think that comes, you know, that stems back to, her parents, you know, her parents literally bought everything that she sold. Mm-hmm. You know, and they never the, questioned her. Right. And even when they did, they believed her. Yeah. And she had a reason for everything. Right. It's like, you know, it's same thing. It's like the 911 calls. You know, the first one, she's, you know, her mom's totally calm and whatever. And then, you know, she starts getting more and more upset. And then Casey says, oh, yeah, by the way, she's been missing for 30 days. Now everybody's freaking out. But then, you know, Cindy backtracks and she's like, oh, I didn't mean that it literally was a dead body. It just smelled like that. And it's like, that's just a figure of speech. No, bitch, like dead bodies have a very unique smell. Like they're, it's hard to miss that smell. And there's no way that her dad being a cop went to that car and opened the trunk and was like, oh, yeah, this is garbage. I get trying, you know, wanting to believe your kids. But to that extent, you have to have some kind of wake up call that something is wrong here. And being an experienced cop, you have to know what that smells like. and for him to just play it off and play it down that it blows my mind. <clears throat> and it makes me wonder with, because she came out and in the trial and accused him of sexual assault. And even now she still sticks to that story that he was assaulting her. And that's why the way she is the way she is. I don't know that that's true or not. 
Um, I personally don't think it is. It was just one of her manipulations. But I don't understand how after, even after that they can stand by her and still give her excuses after she drug his name so bad. Right. And, you know, I'm on the... I'm on the side you're on. I'm like, I don't think it happened, but it's also one of those things that you don't want to victim blame either. And you don't Mm want to turn around and say that, you know, that she is lying, you know, but it's so. My whole thing is, is why if, if, if that did happen, why didn't she talk about it sooner? And I know it's harder for victims, you know, to talk about those kind of things and sexual assault is a whole nother category in itself. Um, but why bring it up? You know, why bring it up in a trial and only one time don't, they didn't even stick with it. It was, you know, they said it in the opening statement and then that was it. Yeah. And I know it was just with being bias being how sleazy he was, it was probably his idea to begin with. Right. Oh, if I don't know. Oh, did he did your husband or did your husband did your dad <laughs> linger on a hug oh yeah he touched you inappropriately yep. you yep. know something like that uh we can totally use that to make people think that you're the whole victim like that was their whole point was just to make her the victim right you know it's like the you know the private investigator that was you know looking at photos of the anthony house and you know they were having a brainstorming session and he saw, oh, that the ladder was left up, you know, oh, let's, let's say Kate, you know, Kaylee drowned. Yep. And I, I don't know that, that whole thing, she accidentally drowned is just insane to me because I couldn't in good faith in my conscious anywhere find my, my child drowned and not do everything in my power to call paramedics call the police right then and there and do everything I could my brain's just wired differently um, of course I'm not anything like her I guess <laughs> I mean I would hope not <laughs> I I can't I, I just can't wrap my mind around it because I have none of the same wavelengths that she does i just i don't know and now for a quick word from jolene over at it goes down in the pm podcast hey what's going on kevin you asked me my thoughts on casey anthony when you first announced you were doing casey anthony i was like first thing i thought and 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 typed to you on twitter was oh my god Fuck that bitch. She can still get these hands. Because as a mom, when I look at my children, I can't look at any of their faces and imagine anything awful befalling them, especially not from my own hands. Knowing how many women want children, have lost children, or had children born in heaven... I can't see a scenario in which a mom would go through the trouble of carrying a baby to term only to harm her in this way. And I know there's some 
sick people out there, which is what makes it so hard. I just, I look at her and the details of the case from when you were talking about the smell and the plastic bag. She literally killed her baby and threw her away like garbage. Kaylee deserved way better than that. And with all these women that would have happily adopted that baby, it makes me sick to my stomach. To this day, it's been years and to this day, I hear that woman's name and the first thing that pops into my mind is, yo, fuck that bitch. And the fact that she got away with it is even worse. I feel like the prosecution failed to do its job. It's the prosecution's job to build a case against her and present all the evidence in a way that the defense can't blow a hole in the case by way of reasonable doubt. It sounds fucked up because we all want to blame her, her defense attorney. We can't even call him a shitty defense attorney because he, he was pretty good at his job. He did get her off the hook for a murder, which I don't give a fuck what anybody says. She did it. She did it. She's guilty. She did it. Fuck her. But... The defense attorney was just doing his job. I mean, he's a piece of shit for accepting that case. He did it for the fame, but I can pull up 10 people, ask 10 people in a row if they know the name of the lawyer of Casey Anthony and not one person would tell me. I guarantee it. He sold his soul for fame that didn't come. He's he's a fucking asshole, but he was just doing his job. And in truth, if the prosecution had done theirs, she would be behind bars and not roaming the streets right now. So that's my thought. I think the police failed. Prosecution failed. The parents failed. I told you my my kids can't fart without my parents telling me, oh, you should feed them better. Or do this, that, and the third. Grandparents who are very involved usually don't just go away when their daughter says, oh, the baby's with so-and-so. If I told my mother right now the baby's with Zanny the nanny, the, my mother would be like, who's that? I never met her. No, go get my grandkids. Period. Like, the no, if her parents would have pushed the issue just a little bit more, then Kaylee would probably still be alive. As when you said Casey would tell her parents that the baby is with Zanny the nanny. I just got like this horrible feeling like I knew she killed her. I just didn't know the details of the case. I didn't realize that, you know, I, I, I didn't have the sing, a single inclination of what Kaylee's cause of death was. And when you said the very first time you said she would tell her parents, Kaylee's was Zanny the nanny like I instantly knew because uh, the VA used to prescribe um it was Xanax when I was having like PT like when I was having anxiety and I would never take them because even the tiny dose would knock me out and make me feel too tired to function so and and first of all I'm a I'm a big girl and not only that, I'm a full-grown adult. I can't even imagine what effect a Xanax would have on a baby. So, yeah, 
my thoughts is basically fuck her she's a horrible human being she didn't deserve to be a mother and she definitely doesn't deserve her freedom right now she deserves to catch these hands anywhere she goes so that that's my thoughts and um thank you for taking the time to get my opinion and featuring it i appreciate it and keep making that bomb content dude um i definitely look forward to it it's it's up there as soon as it comes out i'm looking and now back to the show it, you know and that's like you know the interview she gave you know a few years ago and she's you know sitting there telling everybody you know oh i sleep good at night and i'm yes. this and i'm that and it's like you are a fucking bitch dude like you don't realize the rage inducing feelings that you create in people and you need to just shut the fuck up and like disappear into the sunset like go the fuck away you were quote-unquote innocent just go away yeah um i don't care what people think about me i i sleep pretty fucking good at night like (laughs) i don't i don't sleep good at night i don't know how you sleep good at night right i don't i yeah she makes me want to just wrap my hands around her i just i don't and she's a she's a pi now and she's putting out like a movie or a show or whatever she's doing the documentary and i'm like why what what more do you have to say right like what the sad part is is that it's the glamorization of the true crime genre it's the glamorization of you know oh you know it's that sensationalism that pays the bills that's the only reason why it's getting funded that's the only reason and the shitty fucking part about it is is it's gonna do well oh absolutely um and it the way she is the uh, the the way she is to me she wants the attention and true crime has blown up a lot and it is a really popular subject right now and the spotlight's not on her anymore it wasn't but now it's back on her right and Uh, she's definitely got that narcissistic personality disorder you know it's got to be all about casey all the time yeah and people stop talking about her so we better watch a documentary to see what else she has to say and i know everything Everything she's going to say is going to be complete bullshit, but even knowing that and knowing that if I watch it, it's going to be putting money in her pocket or whatever, I've told myself a million times I'm not going to watch it, but I don't know that I'm going to be able to help myself. Right. And that's, you know, that's... It's like that uh, slow-moving train wreck. You know, you know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. and you can't, you can't take your eyes away from it. Yeah, you have to look. That's just. I don't human know, nature. and it's, it's one of those things that, she's fucking ballsy, man. Because today's culture is not what it was, you know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, when all this shit was going on. 
you know, and you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of fucking crazy people out there right now that you know aren't gonna take her shit, aren't gonna put up with her bullshit, you know. I don't know what what good she thinks is gonna come out of it, other than the the spotlight being put back on her. I don't know what. I'm sure she's just gonna have another theory or point another finger at someone else if it's not the same people she's already pointing it at. It's gonna be Joe Blow's cousin's brother's mother that did it. Yep. I want to know who Kaylee's dad is. Right. That's what I want to know too. But I don't even think Casey knows. Probably not. Right. But I mean, the the men she's been with in the past have to wonder. I don't know how you wouldn't want to know. I don't know though. Maybe you know before all of this, you'd you'd want to know. But could you imagine the? And it's sad, but the scrutiny that you would get. If it came out that you were Kaylee's father, people would be like, why the fuck weren't you in her life? Why the fuck didn't you save her? Why didn't you protect? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. So I had almost, if I, if it was a possibility, which it's not a fucking possibility, (laughs) but if it was, uh, that I was that daughter's, you know, that daughter's father, I don't know that I would come forward and say, hey, it's possible that I was her daughter or, you know, that I was her father because the internet is going to fucking roast him. Yeah, that's very true. I hadn't thought about it like that. You know, and so, and that's, but that's part of the, that culture that we're in now. And it's like, how can you hold him accountable if he didn't even know that he was involved? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't think I could hold him accountable, but I know a lot of people would. The blame would definitely I mean, people would definitely blame him. Whoever because there's is. a, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fathers that don't know that they're fathers and don't necessarily want to be fathers. And they never are fathers, even though they have a kid out there, you know, Absolutely. and there's, you know, a lot of people who want to be fathers who don't know that they have kids because the woman keeps it from them, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it's, I don't know, man. I, I just, I know I wouldn't want to be involved in that. I'd be like, I'm, I'm good. I would never admit to sleeping with her if I did. True that. I wouldn't, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) I I wouldn't admit to it either. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, Casey, who the fuck? Nah. No, don't know who that is. (laughs) No, no idea. No fucking clue. I was over here with Zanny the nanny. (laughs) At Universal Studios. Yep. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I don't know, man. So what are your thoughts? Tell me, uh, let it out. Let let me hear what you think about Casey Anthony and the verdict, and then we'll start wrapping this up. My overall thought on her is she is a garbage person, and... I wish with all of my heart that the prosecution would have charged her less or done more to put a clear thought in the mind of what happened to her. I know they couldn't prove a cause of death because it was too late when they found her, but 
they should have at least said this is what happened this is why she did it instead of speculating and kind of beating around the bush about it and I know that the prosecution has come out even after and said I wouldn't have been involved in the case if I didn't believe it and I don't think I would have done anything differently I think they should have done something differently um I just I hope that at the end of the day if anything comes out of this maybe she will eventually tell the truth I'm not gonna hold my breath because she's just not gonna tell the truth ever she I don't know I hope she gets what's coming (laughs) to her almost and I hate to say that like I don't want to put I don't want to put that out there, me endorsing something bad to happen to her, but I hope one day that karma bites her in the ass with complete honesty. I hate her so much and I don't use I don't use that word very often. I don't hate very often, but she is such a garbage person that I don't I will never understand the way she thinks. And in any of the scenarios, if if she did drown, if she did accidentally chloroform her too much, if she gave her Xanax, like, none of that will ever be okay with me. And if it was an accidental death, then she should have come forward and owned it. But she never will. She'll always be a garbage person. <laughs> Right, fucking human trash fire. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's a good point, is that, bitch, you can't be tried again. Like, you can't be tried for murder. You can't be tried for, like, you're done. Like, double jeopardy is a thing. That's a real thing. Just fucking admit it. Put some closure on this case and just say, yeah, I fucking did it. Like, own it. It's just, yeah. it's it's at that point. Yeah, but... She never will because it it will never be about Kaylee ever. And that's so heartbreaking to me because that sweet angel baby deserved so much more than every adult in her life ever gave her. Right. So my thoughts, I've kind of reserved mine for the end because I... Like, you, I fucking hate this woman. I can't fucking stand the sight of her. I'm fucking glad these episodes are over. I've had a great time, by the way. That is in no way that sounds fucked up. I've had a good time with my guests discussing it. I've had some awesome guests. But fuck this woman with a rusty hook 10 ways to fucking Sunday. Because, like you said, she's trash. And fuck her family. Uh, You know, I understand that they tried doing the best that they could. But hold your fucking daughter accountable. This, ladies and gentlemen, is what happens when you don't enact rules on your kid. Period. Like, you have to teach them morals. You have to teach them values. And that means consequences for everything. Literally every action or decision that you make in your life has a reaction whether it's positive or negative it's still a reaction don't let your kids just fuck off and lie to you and tell you all this shit and you believe it 
but basically, you know, moral of this fucked up story is you got to hold your kids accountable. You can't let them lie to you. Don't buy their bullshit. If they lie to you, you know, hold them accountable. Tell them, you know, teach them right from wrong. Teach them that if you lie, that, you know, it's bad that you, that there are consequences for that. So in short, I hate you, Casey Anthony, and this, the bullshit that you put the world through. And I can't even believe you didn't deserve your daughter and neither did your family. And I'm so sad to see what happened to Kaylee Anthony. Yeah. Um, I just want to add one thing on to what you just said. If you're a parent, you have to remember that one day your kids are going to have to be functioning adults. And that's why you have to teach them the hard lessons and you can't be their friend. Right. You guys aren't friends. They're not your, your buddy. No. And if your kids hate you for being the hard ass that you should be, then so be it. One day they will thank you for making sure that they're not just walking trash. Yeah, exactly. Well, Lacey, it's been great to have you. Why don't you remind the listeners where they can find you at, plug your podcast, the whole nine yards. Um, It's been amazing being on. I'm so glad you had me. I love talking to you. (laughs) You can find us pretty much on any podcasting platform. I don't think there's one that we're not on. You just search we're all screwed colon a true crime podcast. Make sure you put the apostrophe and we're because that makes a difference for some reason. Uh, You can find our Facebook group to search we're all screwed a true crime podcast and our Instagram and Twitter are W screwed and screwed has two D's. And I hope y'all on keep... all 9,000 podcasting platforms. I don't know. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many of them out there, right? Yeah. It's insane. I, I can't even keep up with all of them. Um, I don't, I haven't found one. We're not on yet. though. So. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you find, make sure you find the link that, has the newest episodes because I know when I search for yours, there's two of them out there, and one is like old, old episodes. Ah, uh, still. I, as far as I know, yeah. Uh, see, and I don't know what happened, but there was a glitch, and somehow there was two put out there. But <laughs> we're definitely still active. We put out cases um, every Thursday, and we also add in at the end of our show current cases that are going on like that week so we we try to keep everybody up to date on what's happening now i hope you come listen and interact with us on social media i'm usually always on there (laughs) and keep listening to kevin's show because it's absolutely amazing well i appreciate that i just I mean, I hope you keep doing this forever. I don't ever want to stop listening. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, thanks for coming on, Lacey. I've had a great time. I have one question for you that I've asked all my guests. Would you mind answering? Yeah, of course. If you could be one sandwich condiment, what would you be and why? Okay. I've put a lot of thought into this. (laughs) And I have to go with mayo chip. Mayo what? Mayo chip. Mayo chip. Mayo chip, like mayonnaise and ketchup. It's an actual thing. You can find it at the store. (laughs) I've seen it. I haven't tried it, but I've seen it. It's amazing. (laughs) Why? It's just everything you could want. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to What if you want extra ketchup, though? I don't. I never do. It's the perfect, <laughs> it's the perfect combination. <laughs> and the perfect ratio, huh? Yeah. And I like to think that I'm perfect combination of a lot of things. So, <laughs> so mayo, mayo, how do you say it again? Mayo chip. Mayo chip is the answer from Lacey from where all, that's an interesting one. I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> it's, it had to be my answer. I went back and forth on it. <laughs> well, Heinz, if you're listening, definitely sponsor. We're all screwed. Oh, there you go. So Lacey can have a lifetime supply of that mayo chip. It's my favorite. I'm going to have to try it now. And you know what? I think yep. I'm, maybe I'll make a video for you or something and I'll try it. And I'm not really, I'm not really a mayo person, though. I'm more of like, I know, I know I'm going to get crucified for this one. I'm a Miracle Whip person. I I am too when it comes to just straight mayonnaise right. or Miracle Whip. I am too. But mayo chip will change your mind. Is it going to be like life altering? It, it was for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, thanks for coming on. I'm glad we finally got to sit down and do this. It's It's been a good time, a good conversation. And yeah. I guess the word of the day is mayo chip. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been amazing. Well, I hope you have a good day. You too. And now for some final thoughts from Maggie over at the Have You Seen It podcast, who was also a guest on the very first Jury Room Aftermath episode on the Casey Anthony case. I remember where I was when the verdict of the case was read out. I was sitting downstairs on the couch watching the talk. And I remember waiting for the news to come through, and it was Julie Chen who said it out loud that she was found not guilty. And I remember it was super emotional. I'm pretty sure all of the women there teared up. I teared up. It was like, wait, what? Like, there's no way that that actually just happened. And this was before I really got into true crime. I was 18. I had just graduated high school a month earlier. And it was the first time in my life that I saw the justice system let a very obvious guilty person walk free. And I remember thinking there is no way she didn't do it. Like, there's no way she didn't do it. It was so obvious. And the fact that they just let her walk free was so infuriating. And the fact that she's living her life now as if none of it happened pisses me off even more. She knows what she did, and she knows that she got away with it, and instead of living her life in silence or, like, away from people, 
she's doing interviews where she says she's ready to have another child. And if there's one person in this world who should not be allowed to have another child, it's Casey Anthony. Thanks for listening. And remember, you never know what's lurking in the shadows, lingering around the corner, walking past your house at night. So watch out, stay safe, and keep listening. This has been The Jury Room.